0: Hello, I'm Sue Bose, and this is the Net Hero Podcast. Thank you so much for supporting us over the years. And if you've not come across our channel before, let me tell you what we do. The Net Hero Podcast is part of FutureNetZero.com, a platform which believes that better business makes a better planet. We're all about people doing things that enable the planet to become more sustainable that means reducing emissions that means creating new things and products that we can all live and survive with because at the end of the day we can't hold back our development. We want a better planet and I believe that business is the way for us to get that by providing us products and services that have a lower carbon profile and they're the kind of stories that we will be promoting on this channel. If you've seen and listened to our podcast before, you'll know that we've talked to scientists, academics, business people, but we're happy to talk to anyone who's trying to do their bit to make things different. And now, on to this week's episode. When I was a kid, I loved Spider-Man. In fact, my little one loves Spider-Man now. And insects are flipping cool, whatever anyone thinks. You know, they're most of the things that we grew up with. We're scared of them, we're fascinated by them, we collect them, and in parts of the world, we eat them. But how important will insects be in addressing something that is quite a serious part of our net zero challenge? The amount of protein that we will need as a species. Now, human population, is growing, as we all know, almost exponentially. We're looking at probably by the end of the decade, nine billion, maybe more. Those mouths need to be fed. And generally, we feed ourselves through plants and animals. The animal side of things needs to be fed itself. And that chain is either plants or other animals. But what about insects? Could they play a role in trying to feed us indirectly and I'm not talking about insect burgers. That could be another subject for a different podcast. But could they actually be the source for feeding our livestock in the future? Well, an innovative company called Flybox is looking exactly into this and trying to create the scale of sort of insect farming as a feedstock for animals using waste organic material. And I'm delighted to say that Larry Koch, one of the founders, joins me today on The Net Hero. Larry, hello.
1: Hi, nice Sumit. Nice to be here.
0: Nice to talk to you. So let's go to the beginning of uh, of what we just sort of took there. Insects are, and I think there's the old adage, if you're an alien and you land on this planet, you'd want to talk to an insect because they're the most populous thing, right? Where do insects fit in to our food chain at present? Because before you started mm. this business, you must have had a look at all of this.
1: Yeah, so my, my interest in insects um, goes right back to, to university days. So almost... Um, 10 years ago, I had the privilege of interviewing the first insect farming company, really, um, based out of South Africa called AgriProtein for a dissertation, stumbled across them, and then sort of tweaked my dissertation as I became more and more interested in what they were doing, to basically just focus on that. But yeah, you, you, you summarized it really well in the in the beginning in that the problem really is not necessarily the protein that we all like to eat, yeah. but the, the most of the protein we kind of consume as a human species is in the form of the protein we feed our animals because there's obviously an inefficiency in, you know, you, they eat three times as much as turns into their, their flesh, you know. Um, and so you, you basically have this situation where most of the protein is coming from these other sources. And the food system has a lot of challenges around supplying enough protein without causing damage to natural environments or challenges to natural environments. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, yeah. That's where people started looking at alternative proteins. So there's been a big push in the food industry really driven almost top down from the supermarkets who are often the ones who are being um, kind of levied attacks against saying, hey, why aren't you so- solving this people are deforesting large areas of the Amazon to make soya. That soy is going into feed pellets to feed all the chickens here, and so you know how can we make some alternative proteins that maybe have less of an impact on the environment? And so various things have been proposed. From one angle, insects are a, a readily eaten by omnivores of all types. I mean, humans, like you mentioned, have insect burgers, but it's not in some parts of the world humans eat insects. But they do. You know, most omnivores are not as picky as as we are, and you know, <laughs> birds. Chickens, when they peck around in the ground outside, are pecking for insects. Pigs eat insects very regularly. So it's potentially a very natural source of a high-value protein, an animal protein, which, you know, insects are an animal. They're they're higher-value protein even than soya. And is there a way that we can make them readily available to the the food industry? Because what insects eat, to your your original point, is waste. So they eat where they sit in the ecosystem. Is in the kind of decomp- decomposer layer. Yes. So uh, they're kind of like the shrimp of the, uh, you know, the land. They they take everything that's kind of discarded, um, you know, manures, everything, and that's what they actually eat. So they thrive in all the areas that make the rest of us animals sick or want to avoid. <laughs> yeah, they, right. they they eat that, and they there's more insect biomass on Earth than there is mammal biomass by many by many times mm-hmm. because um, you know we're just wasting a lot like we're very inefficient in the energy we convert into our motion
0: and and that's the thing i mean insects are incredibly efficient aren't they
1: they're very efficient yeah yeah so, it's usually measured in terms of their feed conversion yeah their growth is incredible
0: yeah. isn't it because they grow so let's talk about a, th- a few things I, I mean obviously everyone wants to talk about insect burgers i might leave a little bit of that to the end but let's stick to where we, where we are now because it's just it's quite fun anyway um right if you look at the agriculture business at present There are two sources of protein that people go for around the world. There's plant proteins and there's animal proteins. And some animals, like herbivores, we feed the plant proteins. Now, assume that the insect side of this won't address feeding cattle and feeding sheep, etc. But as you said, pigs, chickens, other things do eat uh, an, an omnivorous diet how important or how are those animals being fed at present so yeah. if, if we've got a you know chicken's are most animal i think on the planet right so and most people will have seen pictures of chicken farms and the idea is you can see that they're giving grains but often they're given pellets they're giving other things mm-hmm. Where do you see the use of insects? And, and and is it quite common already? Or is it just something that's kind of coming up, which is why you looked into it as a business? Because I think if I went back 20, 30 years, I don't think I'd think of anyone feeding their hens and chickens, you know, insects.
1: So, yeah, the, the, the insects themselves um, are usually processed into powders. So when you look at um, the major feed millers, who want to incorporate alternative proteins yeah. they would get supply of soy meal so that's the soy plant is you know dried and then ground into powder same with fish meal there's things like bone meal there are yep. blood meal there are a couple other things that are approved that have protein in them the difference is, is soy is a you know is a plant protein so, soy is a wonder plant by the way i'm not knocking soy no no of course it totally, it totally makes sense why we went down that route because it delivers a lot of the amino acids that um, yeah. you know animals need for, for a plant you know it's, it's actually pretty good and it grows very very fast so it's quite an economical plant too but some animals for instance carnivorous fish they can't they can't eat that sort of thing so if you want to do farmed some yes. of these the farmed fish that people like to eat they actually need to eat fish meal of course. so at, you know about 20 percent let's say of of the protein that goes into animal feed pellets or the animal feed industry will be will be animal based to either supplement an omnivorous diet to get you know, a healthier, nicer meat, Um, or if you go really on the cheap route, people just feed them soy. So you can get away with feeding pigs and chickens a pure soy diet, and not even worry about feeding them any bit of animal protein. So um, insects in those areas would be a way of adding value. If you can get the price low enough, you could actually get better meat, better growth rates, um, better health outcomes, better well being for the animals that if you could do that at no extra cost, that's a really win win. That's a win for there. And then on the fish farming side of things, it's very much they have no choice but to feed animals. Of course, and so hopefully you could then actually compete with fish meal and, and outcompete it and then, you know, deliver um, a more efficient, sustainable feeding system for for, for certain types of fish. I don't but, know if you know this,
0: but what, what is fish meal at present? Is it just actually ground up other fish or or what do they eat? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and also
1: fish guts as well. So right. what comes out of the factories, they, they, they often dry that and, and grind it. So, so yeah, buy, you know, offcuts, byproducts um, from the kind of fish processing industry, as well as catch itself, actual like um, bycatch and stuff like that. Yeah. So not the fish we would want to eat directly. Basically. No, understood. Yeah.
0: So you, I think you've been going for about three years or something like yeah. three or four years. Let's talk about what you do. And to, to the listeners and viewers, you're basically creating a kind of insect farms that are modular is that right can you explain a bit about what what it what it is and then yeah. where would you use it and the other important thing that i'd like you to cover is what is th- the stuff that they they eat you know what's the organic material
1: right 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 um so yeah so i mean in terms of us as a company we we provide we basically build insect farms for people but we're geared towards a modular solution yeah that is um that can that can fit into different types of you know configurations, different applications for different industries. And we can kind of get into those later if you want like some, some of the, the industries where it makes a lot of sense. But essentially, what we do is someone says, I have a waste stream, or I would like to start insect farming. And I want to start small, and I want to build up and we, we basically provide the tech that can do that
0: just to interrupt you there. So what would be the waste stream? So who, who would come to you? And why would they need the insect? Would they have animals then I assume to, to feed?
1: So the kind of industries that are interested in are animal feed, um, yep. livestock farmers and waste, waste management, I'd say um. the last of those waste management companies are the most interested and most natural and the, the natural, the natural uh, user of this kind of tech. So you have many companies out there that are in the operate in the waste to value space. So whether that's waste to energy or resource recovery of some, some source, some sort, but you know, most of the waste that comes out of processing food processing factories or um, or even like municipal waste doesn't just go to landfill in if you're talking about the global north, it doesn't just go to landfill, it goes to these companies that are then trying to get energy out of it through biogas, course, maybe yeah. incinerate it and make energy. So there's there's various waste to value streams, which is great, because it's not then just a cost to remove, it's, um, you know, a, a, a value add thing. Um, and so insect farming fits into that space. But because of the nutritional requirements of insects, and the regulations around what you can feed insects. I mean, they'll eat anything. They'll eat human sewage. They'll eat, of you course. know, whatever. What, yeah, it's they just, love a poo. They love they to love munch on a poo. A poo. <laughs> they <really laughs> do, yeah. And in fact, that's you know, it's been shown repeatedly that it's safe for them to eat that because that's literally what yeah. they do in nature. You know. Yeah.
0: But we're not allowed to do that here. Is that right? You were saying
1: the regulations are very cautious in the UK. So Even
0: our insects are not a denied poo. In yeah, this country. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> in yeah. state. Sorry, yeah. bug, you can't eat that. I like it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but then, so the waste, I mean, but that's basically what you're saying is waste of value. So if you are, a, I don't know, an agricultural waste business or your processor, that waste, you've got to get rid of and do something with it. You can exactly. grow these insects and then you can sell them on. That's what you're yeah.
1: saying. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily gotcha. that this would be a silver bullet that replaces everything else. No. But it's like you can daisy chain a lot of these solutions together. So like, for instance, there's, there's people we talk to that have, you know, waste streams come in to, to, to fire their biogas, which produces very cheap electricity, you know, or, or gas, yeah. you know, for that then can run an insect farm for, for a reduced cost which takes their other waste streams that then creates protein that they sell and it creates a frass fertilizer that goes back into the biogas digester to fire start it and be even more efficient. So there's like all these daisy chains that you can do, it adds another brick into the kind of option set for a waste to value player, where they can at scale, now just recover more of the resources and use their systems together to just become more profitable, and the more profitable they are, the lower the the lower waste collection fees go. The more waste is then incentivized to be collected, you know, um, and the, and of course the amount of protein that's being produced sustainably goes up to replace the soy. And so it's critical that those players, I think, go into this first because they have the the expertise in yeah. waste streams, handling waste streams, processing waste streams, what's good for what. Um, and I think a lot of the other Players in the insect farming sector have essentially tried to build like a massive factory and basically build a waste management business on the side but of that's it. That's already there. Whereas, exactly. Yeah. I yeah saying, whereas yeah. we took the approach of we're, we're going to, we know insects, we know um, climate control, we know how to make the tech. Let's not build an insect farm ourselves. Let's empower people that have a natural arbitrage to go and, and do this themselves because they are not going to start an insect farming company and it's damn hard as an insect farmer to build a waste management company <laughs> so, so put the two together i get it so that's the idea yeah
0: let's describe it for the people who are, who are listening and watching so it comes like a trailer yeah can you can you visualize it for us and just give them sort of an audio description of what it would look like so it's a trailer and what one end you put in the waste material so garbage whatever food waste and then you you, you put in bugs or how does it work
1: so it depends on what you need to do to waste to process the waste. So we, we have a, the life stages in insect farming, like a butterfly, which is the easiest thing to think of, is mm-hmm. you've got the adult phase yep. when they're flying around, then they mate yep. and they don't eat in that phase. They just, their job is just to mate. They lay eggs. Those eggs then hatch into neonates, which are like little maggots, and they grow from very small to very large, very quickly on organic waste. And so if you've got their nutrition really sorted, um, and the particle size, there's all sorts of environmental characteristics that you need to sure. uh, account for to get optimal feeding. And so if you do that right, in six, seven days, you can have full div- maximum development and you can then harvest So you get them. larvae, basically. You get larvae, yeah. yeah. And so most, let's say 99% of them are being harvested for to make your products. Protein, oil, you know, live larvae, frozen larvae. There's lots of different um, buyers of those, which we can get into. But then... A few percentage of them are allowed, if you like, to stay on one side and actually mature into pupa. Uh, To become your adults, to start it again. Yeah. And so it's basically that you need a few percentage of them to keep the breeding population cycling. And and you're harvesting most of the eggs are being put towards the productive use. So we provide the tech to breed larvae, to put them into a nursery, to let them pupate. Um, We also have the tech for where you put the waste in. So there's different modules that we produce, depending on if you're building a full insect farm, you know, with entomologists, Ah, Gotcha. or we have partners that can do all of that for you. So we've got a partner that will just do all the breeding and they'll deliver to you every month, a pack of the baby larvae, uh, ready to eat waste. So if you're a waste manager, for instance, you don't need to do breeding, which is complicated. Yeah, I was gonna say subscribe to the seedlings, you're basically filling trays with your waste porridge which is, you know, we we can help or they know how to make that nutritionally optimal. So they take their waste streams, they go through a mixer, they get pumped into trays, those trays go on a forklift, and you put in little doses of the seedlings. So little caps of seedlings So this is this much seedlings will eat that much waste in that tray. So you sort of pop them in, and then you stick them into what is essentially a 40 foot container, a 40 foot shipping container, with doors, it's got AC um, insulation and a control algorithm that will then regardless of what's going on outside, make sure that the climate inside and the airflow,
0: that's what I was gonna ask the temperature has to be right, doesn't it for them yeah. to, to hatch and everything
1: temperature CO2 ammonia, um, uh, uh, the local climate inside the tray, um, the airflow is very important, how the air flows, how you change the air. So we've we've gone through the the like R&D process of getting that environment you know, suitable for the insects at the various stages in the most power efficient manner. And so that's where our IP is kind of locked into is like how to grow insects in this very compact environment, in these kind of modules in these shipping containers. And so you can go as simple as I don't want to do the waste processing, and I don't even want to do the 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 insects bit. And we have a partner that will supply you with waste, and they'll just store it into a tank for you. And they'll come with it pre-processed, nutritionally optimized, all the accreditations and they'll just drop it off at you. So you can literally start from...
0: So you can choose what you like.
1: I don't want to deal with waste. I don't want to deal with breeding. I want to subscribe to both. And all I'm going to do is the growing and selling the products and finding a market. I'm going to make my own brand of insects, grubs. I'm going to make my own brand of fertilizer. And I just want to do that part. Or you can say, I've got the waste side. But i don't want to do the breeding and i don't want to do the commercialization either i just want to sell off the larvae to someone else that's selling them so you know what we've tried to do as a company is like build an ecosystem of suppliers um, input providers and off takers so that wherever you sit and wherever insects make sense for you you don't have to take it all on at the same time and and i think that's more of a kind of decentralized approach is what we hope will spur the industry a lot of people are sitting on the sideline Of like i like this but it's very complicated we'll then just go okay the friction is a lot less now and also the capex requirement is a lot less because it's a smaller it's a single product rather than having to build a whole farm you've got just a single container it's an order of magnitude less investment so we just figure that's going to get way more people interested in this more interest from people that know their stuff about waste is only going to exponentially increase the uptake of this kind of tech and help it do the good that we hope it does in the world Ultimately, so.
0: I, I like all of this and I think it's very interesting stuff because the waste part of what we do is huge. You know, there are two, I mean, I always discuss, two things always come up here is heat and waste, right? You know, cause we're pretty good at kind of, well, we're not that good, but we're, you know, we do a lot more in kind of our energy generation and, you know, renewables, but the waste is, is appalling. Yeah. Quick couple of uh, quick fire rounds. So what sort of food waste is it? Or is it plant waste? Is it waste from, you know, waste from my chip shop? what goes in as this organic matter? It could be anything
1: that is um, either is decomposable and doesn't have cellulose. So you can't feed it, say garden waste. So they, what they won't eat is like uh, leaves and things, but anything that would be in your food bin, anything that comes out of any food processor, um, anything that comes out of like spent, spent grains, um, you know, uh, bakery wastes, everything that was once food, whether it's gone through your digestive system (laughs) or not can be, can be, um, can be, be used, yeah anything an animal can eat or has eaten is fair game yeah yeah
0: but they won't eat plants directly that's quite interesting
1: um so they will eat plants that are edible so right. like it could absolutely anything that any animal can eat I mean, any monogastric animal can eat they can eat yeah
0: can it eat poo yes but it's not allowed to in this country
1: it loves it they, they love poo they love poo but again it comes down to nutrition so if the animal in question has been fed a very poor diet without any protein, then its poo is going to be a very poor poo for for the insects. So,
0: So you could give it slurry if it was the right kind of, you know from a certain, the right right animal farms yeah. that, that produce it so you could is that allowed in the UK it's not at present is that right so
1: it's not if you want the insects to go back into the food chain gotcha but if you were going to extract the oil out of them and make a biodiesel out of them yeah. or there's other applications that people are looking at as long as it's not going to then be eaten then you can feed them whatever if you want it to be eaten by someone you have to use various approved waste sources which which are technically they're not even waste sources they're just and they're just like byproduct, byproduct of other processes that Fun. are. Hygienic, yeah.
0: Where do the insects go? You mentioned it earlier. Some people would sell them directly. Some people would give them to feed animals, feed fish. But there are other industries around that would use that base larvae, would they?
1: There's many applications that are being um, looked at from very simple to like quite scientific, the simple ones range from just the live larvae themselves sold, um, you know, as uh, you can directly feed them to animals as a supplement there's you can freeze the larvae, you can turn them into a kind of puree. And uh, that's a very big thing for the pet food industries, they really like kind of to make wet dog foods and wet um, cat cat foods There's a lot of like sustainable pet foods that have been doing really well, that incorporate insects. And I'd say the entire industry, including the whole of Europe, all the big factories they have built over there, I'd say ninety-five percent of the output goes into pet food right now. So that's gotcha. the major application. Yeah. And the rest of it, some of the smaller players will do their own brand like treats and things like that. The bigger players will supply, you know, massive um uh companies that are trying to make their their pet foods more sustainable. The reason for that is just that they're a lot less picky pet food um customers, whereas some of the animal feed customers, like if you if your levels if you've of got a certain, some Yeah, pigs
0: or cows or whatever, yeah
1: like the precision farmers you know especially yeah. fish feed like if you, if you if your levels of a specific amino acid drop you gotcha. know they, they'll 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 be upset and so getting that consistency right when you're dealing with a variable waste source can be challenging
0: but the potential is there to go straight into the fishing industry the potential is there to go straight into agricultural uh animal farming as well
1: exactly yeah yeah, that's 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 where it has, has to end. Yeah,
0: you've built. I think is it a test farm up, up in sort of um, Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire? Is that right?
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, um, just outside Aylesbury. It's one of each of our modules, so it's what we call a 360 farm. So we do the breeding there, yeah. the nursery, and the growing. Yeah.
0: How's it going? I mean, have people started using it? Are you selling it? What's going on?
1: Yeah, so we've got several sites in the UK planned, mainly with waste managers, as I as I mentioned, and then we're also based in Kenya where um, the regulations there are just so favorable for insect farming. Um, And we have actually quite a large site in Nairobi. And we have another breeding site going up in Uganda as we speak. It's actually, our tech in a way is really useful in the global south where some of the logistics issues, you know, these things can be off grid. Um, It's hard to get some of those contractors that build the massive factories in the north to to kind of find the skill sets they need to do that in, you know, in, in a place like Kenya, whereas our tech is very modular and kind of, fits fits to that there's also really good natural environmental uh climate of course um, in, in those parts because yeah, yeah. insects need hot climates so obviously we're in the no- north here you have to heat them I was gonna say in kenya you can get away with a lot lower energy bill by just having them in warehouses just you know just w- without without ac for a lot of their life cycle so it's more economical actually in the global south
0: let's talk about the carbon which is what this is all about yeah. so Obviously there is an energy cost, you've mentioned it. You've got to heat the things, you've got to have the right air flow and all of that. When you measure all of that, and I don't know whether you're getting green energy for that or whatever, but when you measure all of that compared to the carbon saving from not losing the waste, perhaps not burning the waste for mm-hmm. feedstocks for for, plant, for animals and pets or whatever, have you got any figures on kind of how much carbon you think this kind of insect farming can can save?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people have looked into that. I mean, in terms of per per box, you know, we have kind of numbers of of CO two, but I'm kind of, we're actually doing a, a full scale LCA for our specific boxes because it changes depending on where you are in the world, what kind of, of tech course. you're using, you know, how much power that tech uses, how much automation you have. So there's no like one number necessarily that's, that's agreed on uh yet like you couldn't go and get carbon credits for this yet no, although there's many there's many plans plans afoot but the main co2 saving comes from every every ton of insect meal produced is displacing a ton of of essentially of soy or fish meal and those have quite well calculated co2 oh, impacts
0: okay and the insect one is a lot lower
1: it's a lot lower. Yeah. And the, the land use is, you know, a, a,
0: a, that's a big thing, isn't a, it? A fraction
1: of a fraction. Yeah. Um, and then then there's the waste side of things. So the emissions associated with waste to landfill, you, you subvert those because you're putting it through the, the, the insects are eating it rather than it releasing methane. And so that's quite well understood, like how much gas is out during landfill versus during insects. And then you've got um, uh, Yeah, so that's the main two, the main two parts. And then there's also like transport associated with like getting soy from one part of the world to China for processing to back to the UK. So you've got like a sort of transport local
0: and and these, um, you know, we haven't mentioned them. But I think they're on is, is it black soldier fly? Is that what it's called? that's human.
1: it yeah that's the main species that everyone uses and they're
0: everywhere are they we get them I in mean, this country or they just you get them shipped them in I you want to get know. them as
1: far north in terms of in the wild like as you know places like croatia okay. you know you you'll get them at southern europe like they're, they're, they're endemic in spain but they're mainly a tropical and subtropical species they're allowed to be used here you can ship them in um no problem yeah
0: fine so where does this all lead us in 20 years time are uh, we going to have a, uh, we'll still be eating animals, I'm assuming, because most yeah. people will probably find it difficult to eat insects. Do you think that this, what you're working on now is your aspiration that kind of will really sort of cut the carbon profile of what it takes to to, to get our animals fed?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a massive challenge. Um, you know, getting, getting the um, protein system like less, having less impact on the environment is going to be an extremely challenging thing. It's going to require death by a thousand cuts, and I'm hoping that insect farming is one of those cuts. But you know, it, the, the sheer quantities of soy is so staggering. Mm. Um, but but the, but then again, the sheer amounts of waste that we're doing nothing with. Like if we look in Kenya, if you could process, I think we we calculated it with 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 a government there that we were talking to that if you could process 50% of the organic waste currently sent to landfill across the country, you'd meet like something like 75% of the country's protein in animal feed needs. So they need to import 75% less uh, soy and and protein from 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 outside. So, you know, obviously, in in the West, we've got a more developed waste to value. um, And in Asia, more more developed waste to value uh, kind of ecosystem. So there's things like biogas, there's things like, uh, you know, incineration. So um, you're kind of competing for feedstock. So really, if we want if we want this industry to scale, the government is going to have to relax some of those feedstock limitations and say, look, because they're insects, they do a different thing. The evidence is now there. Let's let them eat waste because the other wastes can go into AD or feed animals directly. There's this other category of waste that need to go to insects. And so that's what we're pushing for. We, we, we set up a, an, an association called the Insect Bioconversion Association in the UK. And we're really um, all, all the producers in the UK, which is about eight of us are are aligned to the mission of relaxing the um type of waste you can feed to insects you know slowly responsibly like with evidence-based and 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 doing it in the least disruptive way as possible um and so we're, we're kind of trying to push that forward because you can't I can, I can see the t-shirt now let them eat poo i like it <laughs> yeah like exactly it. that's basically it. like you can't you can't set targets like zero waste to landfill of course and then be like but it's too unsafe to use waste, no, so just don't use it. It doesn't make any sense. Like at some point we have to let nature just do what it does. I think
0: yeah. the, I think your stuff is brilliant. I think it's very clever. I think it's great stuff for that. Uh, we, we can't leave, uh, anyone would be listening to the podcast, uh, come on then, C- can you eat the bug? So insect farming, and you mentioned it earlier, people are looking at insects. You know, parts of, the, of um, Asia, people eat insects anyway. They have done for generations. My personal view is it won't really catch on. It might do in some ways, you know, if you get a burger that looks like a burger, you won't, you know, is it a locust burger or whatever. But do you think actually that, you know, you're in there, you've got a, a background, I don't know if you're an entomologist, but clearly you, you know a lot about bugs. Do you think that kind of is really going to be a sideshow? Because converting yeah. us to sit and eat a cockroach at our um, fine dining table even in the bear, I don't think they could uh, jazz up a cockroach too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. Um, the, the edible species like that, that are nice. Is probably crickets. Crickets yeah. um uh, t- taste quite nice. There's a few other insects. I think sideshow is the right kind of um, framing. Yeah. It's not because I wouldn't like myself to enjoy enjoy insects or like other people to like insects for the you know the, some of the issues we talked about today. Yeah. But you just have to be realistic, you know. Everyone knows, for instance, that beef has more of an environmental impact than chicken. Absolutely. But if, but yeah. if you look at the, the, the rates of beef production and chicken production, you know, the line goes up and to the right at the same rate. So if we can't even get people to switch off beef to poultry and fish, how on earth are we going to get everyone to swap off all of that to insects? I mean, it's just such a tall order.
0: So you're going the one stage below, which is to actually make sure that if we are going to eat those animals, they're fed as sustainably as we can.
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, th- I think that that's the best we can. We, well, that's one angle we can we can go at this from. And, you know, I, I, like, I'm definitely a big uh, defender of the animal in of the, of the livestock industry. I think they get a really bad rap. Um, farmers in general, they produce all of our food. You know, these are not like crooks sitting there trying to work out. They, 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 they run like really no, they do. difficult right. businesses and under a lot of constraints. And I, I, I just want them to know that other there's other solutions out there yeah. where potentially it makes sense for them and lots of them are looking into these things but it has to stack up economically for the right the right people and and I think loads of them are open to it it's just they need solutions they can't just have demands you know they can't just have restrictions they need real solutions so
0: Well yeah. Larry thank you very much for joining us uh flybox is the site correct
1: Yeah flybox.bio is right. our website check it out moment.
0: have a look uh, if you're in the waste industry I think Pick him up uh, Pick up the phone, give him a call because I think it is a very clever idea. Larry, thank you so much for joining us on the Net Hero podcast. If you've got a thought on what Larry's doing and the general thought about how we're going to try and make our food chains more sustainable, drop me a line. You can email us. You can get in touch with by emailing nethero at futurenetzero.com. Drop us a line on social media. Keep subscribing and I'll catch you soon on the Net Hero podcast.
1: You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. Visit our platform for all things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. Futurenetzero.com. Better business, better planet.